Welcome to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I am the host of the show. This podcast is designed to inspire and empower you to start and maintain your own wellness journey so you can become the best version of yourself. Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. I am your host, Megan Farrell Gordon. And today on the podcast, I am joined by Zach Tucker and Jeremy Grader, who are the founders and the host of the Fit Mess podcast. If you've ever wanted to lose weight, start a fitness routine, learn some biohacks and simple lifestyle modifications to improve your overall life, these two breathe and live what they talk about. So who are Zach Tucker and Jeremy Grader? For nearly a decade, they have pushed themselves to learn more about their own physical, emotional, and mental health. This has created a passion for helping listeners to get out of their heads and into action. We really dive into their fitness routine. They lost together nearly a combined weight of 200 pounds. You have to listen to their fitness routine. It is absolutely insane. And we really cover a lot of ground in today's podcast episode. So like I was saying, on today's podcast episode, we talk about how they were able to lose nearly 200 pounds together, how they were able to combat their anxiety and depression, biohacks that have improved the quality of their lives, their fitness and nutrition routines, the overall modifications they made in their lives to feeling better and healthier, and so much more. This was a super fun conversation that I am excited for you to hear. And this was also a podcast swap. So you'll have to check out their podcast in which they interview me for their show. We really get into modifications and biohacks in today's podcast episode, and red light therapy is an incredible way for you to uplevel your health and wellness. I recently had the opportunity to interview the co-founders of Kala Red Light, and I learned so much about red light therapy. It helps with improving cognitive function, skin health, better sleep, combating anxiety and depression, reducing inflammation, increasing your libido, boosting energy, and stimulating hair growth, just to name a few. You have to go check out the interview I did with Landon and Cameron, the co-founders, and learn more about this incredible practice and their product. I don't know about you, but I seem to see red light therapy on so many health and wellness influencers and professionals' Instagram stories, their TikToks, And Landon and Cameron really did something different with their product. So they talk about it in that podcast episode and how their product is superior to others, what you need to look for when you are getting a red light therapy device. And if you are interested, right now they are giving Balance Your Life podcast listeners 10% off site-wide when you use code BALANCEBYMEGAN, all one word, at checkout. That's 10% off site-wide any of their products online when you use code BALANCE by Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N, all one word at checkout. Health and wellness is more than just getting exercise or eating the right food. It goes so much deeper than that. I've been lucky enough to have experts on this podcast and learn different things on a variety of wellness topics. And one thing I have learned is how toxic our skincare can be. This goes for you too, guys. It can have hormone disruptors, it can be carcinogenic, and the list literally goes on and on. And it's absorbed through our skin into our body. So for myself, if you've seen me on Instagram stories, I've personally been on a mission to get rid of any skincare or makeup that is toxic and replace it all with clean beauty. I love skincare and I have been so excited to see the transparency of a lot of great brands out there, including one I've currently been obsessed with, which is Three Ships Beauty. My current obsession is their Dewdrops, which is one of their best-selling serums containing mushroom hyaluronic acid and vitamin C serum. It leaves my skin feeling dewy, plump, and it looks brighter. Right now, you can save money and support the show by using code BALANCEBYMEGAN20 at checkout. 
They have a skincare quiz online so you can find the best products for your skin type. I highly recommend checking out the Dewdrops. It's good for all skin types and you can save 20% off of your order by using code BALANCEBYMEGAN20 at checkout or you can use the link in the show notes. If you guys are ready to learn so much about fitness, biohacks, modifications to improve your overall health and well-being, please welcome Jeremy Grader and Zach Tucker of the Fitness Podcast to the Balance Your Life Podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, show Jeremy and Zach. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be here. I would love if both of you could give a little bio of who you are and where in the world you are currently joining us from today. Sure. I'm Zach and I am in upstate New York and where it's very rural and uh, not a lot of people. It's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, And my name is Jeremy. I'm uh, in the mountains of British Columbia uh, and just really excited to be here today and uh, to kind of share a little bit about uh, our journey and, and what we do. So I know you're both podcast hosts. You have a podcast that you do together, but just for context, what is it that you both do for a living? Well, uh, I work in IT and IT security and data science and things like that um, as my day job, which keeps me pretty busy. But um, as we 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 talked about earlier, I have I have a multitude of interests, so I'm I'm kind of all over the place. But that's my, that's my day job for the most part. And uh, in July of 2021, I left uh, basically a 20 year career in commercial radio to pursue uh, podcasting as a as a full time thing. So I've been just trying to build that up as a as a full time day job uh, since that time. Oh, that's so interesting. That's absolutely amazing. You do have a voice for podcasting and radio. And a face for one as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely awesome. I would love to know because you both have very different jobs from one another. I would love to know how did the two of you meet and how did you get started on your own, you know, fitness journey, your own health journeys? Sure. So uh, Jeremy and I both have daughters who are, I think, within two, three months of each other. And um, our wives actually connected with you know, um, a long time ago and they brought us both to a, a breakfast, I think it was. And I, I kind of remember it pretty vividly because I was a little reluctant, um, until my wife said that Jeremy, um, did a podcast and he was in the star Wars. So I was like, Oh, I gotta go meet this guy. So we, we actually met like a, just, just a random breakfast and we just, our friendship developed over time. Jeremy might have more details that I'm just not remembering. I, in terms of the meeting, I actually have fewer. I don't remember uh, when we met, but I just uh, I know that over the course of uh, many, many conversations and uh, at least a couple of camping trips, I started to get to know Zach better and and really admired sort of the the path that he was on uh, because uh, along this wellness journey that we've both been on, he was uh, I think a couple of years and, and many steps ahead of me. So as I started down this path and had questions. He was, he turned out to be a great resource for me. Um, and a lot of the conversations that we just naturally had, we ultimately decided these are things that we don't hear other, particularly guys talking about. And so um, eventually we decided that my experience in, in storytelling and podcasting and all that was the perfect platform to take what were very vulnerable and open conversations between us uh, and and to share them so that hopefully other people could benefit in in the ways that we are benefiting from our own conversations. I love that so much. And before we d- did this conversation, this podcast, we were communicating back and forth, and you were saying that collectively together, you guys had lost about two hundred pounds or close to two hundred pounds, and you guys were able to manage your stress, your anxiety. I would love to know what made you both decide to pursue a journey of health and wellness? How did it start out for you? What was the catalyst that kind of got you on this path and to, you know, changing your lives to be more happier and healthier? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's how much time do we have? we got a few hours. <laughs> um, now uh, I I'd say my, my journey really started specifically, you know, I had a very rough childhood traumatizing, um, I didn't realize it was traumatizing until later on, but 
I made it through college and I was on my way to my first job and I went to the interview and I smoked cigarettes at the time and I was close to 300 pounds and drank Mountain Dew and ate McDonald's every day. But I had a you know pretty good brain on my on my head. And I went to the interview and I, I, I wore a nicotine patch so I wouldn't smoke before the interview and I didn't want to smell like smoke. And I got the job and my very first day at work, my boss realized that I smoked and he just flat out said, I wouldn't have hired you if I knew you smoked. So that was like, that hit me really, really hard that like my professional career was going to be impacted by this negative thing that I was doing. So I actually quit smoking. And in the middle of that too, I, you know, I signed up for a 5k and I, I couldn't even run like an eighth of a mile without, you know, falling over, gasping for breath and leaving my soul on the ground. It was, it was really bad. And, you know, within a couple of months I'd quit smoking and I could run, you know, the 5k. And that was kind of the first stage for me. And it was like that, it was that one moment of, well, Hey, I did this one thing and I did this other thing and I feel better. What about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then it went from physical, you know, working out goals to mental goals and figuring out my anxiety, my depression and things like that. So that was kind of, I get, I would say that was the one moment where my life shifted and started going in the other direction. Did you sign up for the 5k using that as an excuse to kind of start to not an excuse, but as a, as a lead way into getting healthier, or was it just like, I don't even know why I signed up for this thing. It just kind of happened. Oh, I know. I know why I signed up for it and it had nothing to do with getting healthier. It was, um, so even though I was unhealthy, I was a social butterfly and I really enjoyed, you know, being with other people and the 5k was sponsored through work. Okay. And one of the benefits was on the day of the race, we all got to leave at, I don't know, 1130, go run the race. And then we, we could go home at one, one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So I was like, oh, well, I can get to know some people and I get to go home early. That was like the number, number one and two reason why I signed up for it. And, uh, I'm really glad that I went down those motivation roads and signed up for it because it totally changed my life. I love that so much. And what about you, Jeremy? Was your story similar? Is it completely different? What got you started on this path? Yeah, I think it's pretty different. I was uh, about 70 pounds heavier than I am now, totally deep in depression, regularly stuck in a really unfulfilling job. Uh, And just and and I learned later using alcohol a lot to to manage my emotions and sort of living that unhealthy lifestyle led to what ended up being one of the dumbest injuries anyone ever had. I literally hurt my knee getting out of bed one morning and uh, ended up in a physical therapist's office and she just said, you know, the, the way that your knees are and given your family history, if you don't get on a bike, uh, you're going to end up like your mom and have your knees replaced. And that was pretty scary. And but, but also not as scary as the idea of getting on a bike. Cause I hadn't ridden a bike since I was a kid. And I just thought, well, how, how am I going to, I don't want to go sit in some gym on a stationary bike every day. So I went and whined to my brother about it. And eventually he said, you know, you just need to decide that you're that weird guy that rides his bike to work. Just go buy some bike and just become a bike commuter. And something about him saying that in that moment, just absolutely stuck to my identity. And I was just like, oh yeah, I can be that guy. I can totally do that. Within a week, I'd, I bought a bike on Craigslist for like 200 bucks and just started just started going and just started riding to work every day. And on that path of doing that, I kept really enjoying how much it forced me to be in the moment. When, I mean, when you're bike commuting through the city and there's cars everywhere, if you're not paying attention to what you're doing right now, it's going to end badly. So I really just started to fall in love with that feeling because it just quieted all of the anxiety and all the past, you know, fears and, and stuff that I carried with me. And I decided that I wanted to try and find ways to bring more of that into my life. And that took me into a therapist's office and he introduced me to meditation because I told him how I wanted to just be more in the moment. And so the more he told me about that, the more that I just started consuming every book and, and documentary and everything I could about meditation and like Zach said, that was, that was kind of what it took was those were the first two doors that got kicked open was getting on a bike, moving that energy that way, finding ways to be present and, and to be in the moment. And then that just opened up all these other doors of how else can I get healthy? What else can I do to bring more of this peace into my life? Because so much of what I've carried with me has been just, you know, a lot of chaos and pain. 
That is such an incredible point. And it's one I don't actually believe I've ever heard of when someone was getting started on their journey is the fact that they were just becoming more present. And it's, it's true, especially if you look back now, it, I mean, it seems, I don't want to say obvious, but I feel like we could all pinpoint, oh yeah, like I've been in the zone or I've been really present whenever I'm working out or exercising or doing yoga, but it's not really something that people notice right, right away. So like kudos to you for being like seeing that right away. And Zach, as an ex smoker, I'm curious, they say, you know, 24 hours after you've stopped smoking, you can start to catch your breath back a little bit more. And, you know, things just start to become a little bit easier. Did you find that was the case for you? And was that kind of like the motivating factor to keep working out and to keep going? Like the moment you started stop smoking, what were the changes that you started to see in your life? Um, well, the, one of the changes that I saw was my, my eating increase. So actually I gained a little bit of weight from the the quitting of smoking, but, um, I was very driven by budget and I was actually looking at the number of dollars I was saving every single month by, by not smoking. So I was, I was very much focused on the wrong things at the time. Oh, I wouldn't, I, I won't say the wrong things, but different things. I wasn't looking at, you know, my lung capacity or things like that. However, later in life, like fast forward, when I did my yoga teacher training, there was a, they did a session on the minute breath where it was, you know, 30 seconds of inhale and 30 seconds, um, exhale. And that was, I remember doing that breath and thinking back to the smoker going, yeah, no way this would ever happen, you know, smoking cigarettes. So it was, it was really the running where I noticed the difference. Um, I was falling asleep easier. So I had a, a lot of trouble falling asleep, like huge anxiety. Like I just lay there for hours and hours and hours trying to fall asleep. But once I started moving my body, I would fall asleep quicker. And, you know, my sleep started to get better. And that's really what I focused on in the early days was, oh, wow, by moving my body, all of these other things are kind of naturally aligning and, and getting better. So Jeremy, you started biking. Zach was the 5k race. What was the next step for you in your fitness or health journey? Was it going to a gym? Was it lifting weights? Was it just starting to eat better? Like what were those next few steps for both of you? In my case, I know that the, the biking, just the physical activity of riding, what was, you know, nine miles to work each, each day, um, Physically, I was feeling better and, and I could see that, you know, some weight was coming off and I was feeling better. And at this point, I'd gotten to know Zach and we were starting to sort of share what was working for us and what wasn't in various, you know, biohacking and, and things that we were doing. And I vividly remember being at a campsite one morning. Um, we both woke up and we're sitting by the fire having coffee and, and he shows me on his app how much weight he'd lost. I think it was over the course of like a couple of months, he dropped, I don't even know, like 30, 40 pounds, like some ridiculous number. And I was like, wow, how, what are you doing? And he told me about the keto diet. And I was like, well, that sounds insane. Tell me more. And so he, he did. And, and I was like, well, I don't think I can do all that. Cause also I'm a vegetarian. So doing something that is primarily a meat and vegetable diet was not going to work for me, but I just made a, some slight modifications and tried to make it work for me. And, and it totally worked over the course of a few months, the weight just started to melt off. But part of it was because by feeling better, I still had more energy. So I would bike the nine miles to work and then any escape from work is a good one. So I, I would go down to the gym uh, and, and work out on my lunch hour and then I would eat then. So, I, so at that point I'd started intermittent fasting. I'm on a keto diet. I'm working out basically twice a day between the, the biking and, and the gym. And it all just started to come together. And that was when I was really getting excited about how, how just making slight modifications to the way I lived could make my life just feel so much better and just be more engaged and, and more um, sort of aware. I mean, like the brain fog lifted. I just, everything just felt better the more I dove into this. Uh, and so that was really when Zach and I were talking more about, Hey, we're really seeing the benefits of sort of learning from each other and the things that we're doing. It's time to turn this into a podcast. And that was how, you know, this all came to be. I love that so much. And what about for you, Zach, what was the next step like for you? 
Um, so I am, I am a, a little bit of a, you know, I go from zero to 150 miles an hour, um, in a couple of seconds. So once I, once I figured out that I could run a 5k, I immediately signed up for a, a triathlon and did that and just started running and biking. Um, I didn't really change the way I was eating a ton at that point. And that was, that was right around the time that I got, um, a, promoted at work and had to move to Seattle. And I got to tell you, the culture difference of New York and Seattle is big. So like, I thought that I was getting healthy and like I was being active. And then I moved to Seattle and was like, oh, I'm hardly moving at all. There's, it's a big difference here. So that actually helped me out. My boss was a bike commuter. So I started riding my bike to work as well. And just taking on like, kind of crazy things like a Ragnar relay race. I don't know if you've heard of one of those, but it's like a group of 12 people and you commit to running like 250 miles in wow. 24 hours. And yeah, just driving around in a van full of sweaty people and jumping out, running 12 miles, jumping back in the van and doing things like that over the years. But it was right after I moved to Seattle, where I really started focusing on you know, what I was eating. And, you know, I found a really good doctor who was willing to work with me on blood tests. So I was like going in every single week, getting blood work done and like figuring out what worked best for my body. You know, if I ate broccoli this week or cauliflower that week or ate ice cream or, you know, something along those lines and really started figuring out what worked well for my body. Cause we're all different. And that kind of led into the keto diet for me. And uh, that one was, that was a big one for me. That one helped me a lot. Unfortunately, I've got a genetic marker that combined with the keto diet spikes your cholesterol to the point of dangerous level. So I can't do the keto diet long-term. So it really, it was just like, I like to take big steps and in, in my, my jumps, but it was definitely, you know, one step after the other, after the other, and they all built off of each other. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. And I think Jeremy, you were saying it was these little, little modifications that you were making. And I think, I think that's a great way for people to start their journey. I often hear people come to me and they want to revamp their entire life in like, you know, they give themselves ridiculous timeframes or they go, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds and I'm not an active person, but I want to work out seven days a week. And I want to start meditating for an hour every day. And I want to revamp my diet. And in my opinion, I feel like a lot of people are just kind of setting themselves up for failure. And it's, I'm the same way. I'm like, just take little, little micro steps. Again, I think the easiest way for people to start is to like, just incorporate more walking into their day. I always remember I worked with my dad at one point on Enbridge and at the time it drove me absolutely crazy because he would park in the furthest parking lot and be like, we're walking in. And it was like, dad, like, it's like (laughs) so far, like, I don't want to walk. And he's like, yeah, we're walking. Mm -hmm. And we would take instead of the elevator, it was like, we always took the stairs. And it's just these little things that start to compound on one another. You both have talked about kind of biohacks. And I love, I love learning about biohacks. And sometimes they stick, sometimes they don't. I would love to know what are some that you implemented into your life? you know, at the start and maybe even where you're at now, what are ones that have stuck with you and what are ones that you tried and were just like, like the keto diet for you, Zach, like it just didn't end up being a long-term thing. Yeah. Um, so there's a few, uh, so intermittent fasting is probably one of my, my go-tos. I, I actually ate breakfast the other day, uh, for the first time in a long time. And I, I didn't feel right. It's kind of weird. Um, so I, you know, again, so in the early days of my health journey, I took really big swings and I missed a lot as well, but like now I'm, I'm more along the lines of, you know, little steps, but you know, I, I would say the biggest biohack for me, and it isn't really a biohack. It's really just being curious about what a change can do for me and experimenting and being curious about that. Um, but intermittent fasting has been a big one, um, and just making sure I'm moving in, in some way, shape or form. I know these are not biohacks. These are just like general things, but you know, just moving your body and eating in a, in a way that suits you is 
is probably one the two biggest biohacks that you can do to to improve your life. But I do I do I do geek out on like nootropics and you know different types of um you know pills that you can take to help your your brain fog and and things like that. Um and I'm a numbers guy, so I love love love, you know, like looking at my blood work and tracking my levels and whatever I can track. Like I've currently got three trackers on right now. My, I bought a bed that has a tracker in it so I can look at the data, but I think that's, you know, if you're, if you're even interested in biohacking in any way, shape or form, you've got to be able to track things. So, you know, finding tools and things like that, that'll help you track your biometrics is really important. Before I ask you, Jeremy, what yours is, I have two questions for you. What is nootropics and what does your intermittent fast look like, like specifically? Uh, so nootropics are, are really just, um, it, they're uh, chemical compounds that you can take to, you know, help your brain function a little bit better. So there's, there's a whole bunch of them. So caffeine is actually nootropic, right? It, it, it has a chemical impact on your brain to help it just function a little bit better. They can be dangerous, but, you know, so I wouldn't recommend any new person uh, trying those out. Um, and my intermittent fasting is, um, depends on the day. But I go at least um, 18 hours between uh, of no eating. And then on some days where I just completely forget, I completely forget to eat or I've got meetings and I'm at work. Like I can, I can literally go 24, 26 hours without eating. And it doesn't really phase me anymore. Like I don't get moody. Well, my wife would tell you I get moody, but <laughs> I don't think I get moody. But I go at least 18 hours most days. Wow. Okay. And what about you, Jeremy? What are your little or big biohacks or even little like modifications that you make in your life that you feel like have really helped you out? Yeah, that's uh, something that Zach said. Uh, I want to just kind of put a, a spotlight on is, is the idea of that biohacking has to be something in a lab with vials and, and beakers and, and all the things it's really just tracking what you do and seeing how it affects your body. Like that's, that's it. So one thing for me is I used to think that I was a the kind of person who needed to stay up all night and, and work and then, you know, sleep in late in the day. And turns out I'm not the, the, since I've sort of tracked how I worked then and how I work now, where I go to bed at more like, you know, nine or 10 and get up at six, I'm way more productive. And, and, uh, but I'm, but like you, I work, you know, I work really well between like 10 and two, and then after two, I start kind of spinning out and sort of losing focus on, on what I need to do. So, so I know that like between 10 and two, that's when I need to schedule my meetings, my interviews, the things that I need to do that really take my, my attention. One little biohack that we actually learned on the show was about caffeine delay. You know, I, I used to just go to bed going, oh, I can't wait to wake up and have coffee. But now I wait two hours after I wake up to have my first cup of coffee because I know that it allows my adrenal system to wake up and allows my body to sort of naturally wake up. And then I don't find myself at four or five o'clock, just on the floor, exhausted and needing, you know, another late day cup of coffee. So that definitely helps. But otherwise it is like, like Zach said, it's just whenever you're, you know, going for the the candy bar in the cupboard or whatever, you know, the, whatever thing you do that's like comforting or whatever, getting really curious about the actions that you take and get and wondering why you're doing the thing you're doing, especially if it's something you don't want to do anymore just getting curious with yourself about why am I doing this right now? Like, am I sad? Am I avoiding something? Am I bored? A lot of times just that awareness is enough to go, well, well, I don't even need this because the real issue is that I'm bored and I should go do something productive or the real issue is I'm sad and I need to just, you know, cry this out or whatever the thing is. Those are, those are some of the big ones. And in terms of fasting, um, I tend to go, my, my routine is typically 12 hours every day. And then a couple of days a week, I try and go at least 16 hours uh, but there are days like Zach when I'll just completely forget and it'll be three in the afternoon and I'll realize, you know, part of the reason I'm sort of spinning out is because I haven't eaten anything yet and I should kind of fuel my body and, and get through the rest of the day. Uh, but at least 12 hours every day is is just sort of how I naturally function now. I imagine it's very similar to maybe what I experienced having a podcast is that people come on and they talk about all these amazing wellness hacks and rituals and tips and tricks that they're doing. And it can get a, a little overwhelming because you hear what everybody's doing and you're like, oh my God, I got to like implement this into my life. And B, I'm always learning about new things that people are doing that I've never come across. And I'm like, that sounds really interesting. Like, 
caffeine delay. I mean, I think I unconsciously kind of do that, but now I want to learn a little bit more about that and how that helps. What are some things that you've had guests either come on and say, and you've tried and they, you know, you know, you tried, they didn't really stick or they weren't for you and things that maybe people have said that you're like, I really want to explore this a little bit more. I've, I've been trying it out. And so far, you know, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so the caffeine delay thing, like the, it's a real thing. I, I'll, I'll just hit on that. I, every day I delay my caffeine for two hours, but for some reason this morning, I actually woke up and just drank my coffee and um, it is currently two o'clock in the afternoon right now. And I'm, I'm feeling it, but I'll, I'll say there was, we did one show. You're, you're absolutely right. Like we, we literally, I want to try every single thing that we talk to people about and that we do a weekly show. There's just no way I can, I can do all of that. It's, it's, it's just a lot. So I do try and pick and choose, but one of them that I did try that I, I don't know why it didn't work for me and maybe it just wasn't the right moment, but there's, you know, tapping where you kind of tap various parts of your body. And we actually did a live one on the show and, and I ended up tapping and I had a somewhat of, of a result from that, but I've tried you know, tapping probably a dozen times since then. And like nothing, I I don't, it's not doing anything for me. And I, maybe I'm just not doing it right. Or maybe I need a trained professional. I don't know. But like that one, I kind of shelved for a little bit and put it away. And then another one, like, so Jeremy and I go back and forth all the time. He's really good at like, he could, he could sit down on a cushion and meditate you put me on a cushion to meditate and I will squirm off the thing in about 30 seconds. I can't stand sit, sitting still. And, and that's why I do yoga because that's my meditation. That's my time to focus with a little movement, but we've done a bunch of shows on like binaural beats. And uh, we did one uh, with a company called brain tap where they've got a headset where it flashes lights in your eyes and ears at the same frequency as the, uh, uh, as the, as the binaural beats. So I've got that headset and you can do like a 20 minute session that is supposed to equate to like three hours of meditation. And I'm in that thing like three times a day now, like that has completely changed my meditation game. Like I can sit there for 20 minutes and meditate and get like this huge benefit from it. So again, little biohacking tool, like sometimes it's not you know, what you have, it's like, you can add supplements and like other tools to help you out. It's funny you mentioned the supplements because one of, one of the interviews that we did uh, was very product based and, and it was sort of where we learned not to do product focused uh, shows so much because while initially I did try the product that was that we were discussing and the first couple of days I felt, I, I did notice a difference energetically. I felt really good but eventually it just sort of faded into the background and it was just like, why am I doing this? This isn't really helping me anymore. Uh, but I did learn some things about some other supplements. And so it put me on the right path. But like Zach said, I mean, at this point, as of today, I think we published 117 uh, different episodes. There's no way I do all 117 things every day. The biggest struggle for me is even the ones that do work is keeping them consistent like in, and keeping them as part of the routine. So that's definitely a big struggle, but the, the caffeine delay is a, is a big one for me uh, that I really enjoy. And it's funny you mentioned the tapping episode because that was one where, again, I don't, I don't do it. I've only done tapping a couple of times, but in the course of that interview, I discovered something about my depression through sort of, through sort of a throwaway story in, in the interview. The, the guest we were talking to referenced one of her clients that was trying to treat her depression through tapping and ultimately, they realized that her depression was rooted in uh, some childhood experience where basically her depression would flare up whenever she was not getting something that she needed. Some, some unmet need was, was uh, manifesting as depression. And she just sort of mentioned it sort of in passing, but something about it st- stuck with me where I just thought, is that, is that my situation? Is that what I'm doing? And I really, again, I got curious about that and I started thinking like, when do I get depressed? And it usually is when I feel like I'm having to repeat myself a lot. I feel like I'm not being heard when ultimately I feel like I've sort of become the ghost that walks around the house that nobody actually listens to. I will start to sort of slip into this depressive state. 
And then this really interesting thing happens because all of a sudden, because I'm now quiet and I'm down or whatever, I start getting attention and everyone's like, well, what's wrong? Are, are you okay? Are you mad? Are you angry? And, it, and it's, this is, it's not like an attention game, right? Like I'm not going like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be all dark and moody and everyone's going to pay attention to me. But my brain literally to survive goes into this mode of shutdown to get the attention and the love that I need. And then you get into this really weird gray area where you want to feel better. You don't want to feel depressed and be in this dark cave. And, but you also know that by coming out of it, you suddenly become the ghost again and nobody pays attention to you. So your brain it gets kind of stuck in this like, well, if I, if I feel better, then good, I can, move, I can live my life. But if I stay here, I'll keep getting what I need. And it becomes this awful tightrope walk where you're just trying to figure out how do I take the next step? And so I've really tried to bring that forward in my mind. Whenever I start feeling depressed, I start thinking what need is not being met. And if I can verbalize like, Hey, I'm needing this, or I'm feeling like I'm not heard or whatever, then I can start getting what I need. I can start getting that need met before the depression takes over. And it tends to keep it at bay. It doesn't work every time. You know, there's certainly times when I still just completely shut down. But just having that as another tool in my back pocket of like, as long as I verbalize what I need, I can keep this at bay. Uh, That's been one of the most powerful. And it's just so funny that it was something that was just sort of this like, oh, this one thing happened. But anyways, and it just was like this profound moment that uh, that really changed my struggle with my mental health. It's funny what was coming up for me as you were speaking, and I'm trying very hard. I've talked about this so many times on past episodes where I'm very much trying to be very present and in the moment with my guests, as opposed to, you know, sometimes I'll write something down if something's coming up for me, but then I find it takes me out of the moment. So this came up for me and I was like, don't, don't hold on to that. Listen to the conversation. But one of the things that I think that seems to be a theme that's playing out with every single guest that comes on the show, and it seems to be, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but something that you two have been experiencing is this idea of just awareness. And I think a lot of the time people get into fitness routines or meditation routines with the idea of like, I'm going to become physically more stronger and I'm going to calm down my mind. But it seems that every single person that I've spoken to is like, I've just become more aware of my thoughts or even when it comes to like, quote unquote diet, like if, if you don't resonate with that word, it's this thought or idea of like, maybe I eat certain things that don't necessarily make me feel great. So I've learned that and I've become more aware. So I would love to know, you were mentioning you both don't necessarily talk about products right now. And for anyone who's listening, we are human beings. We learn, we grow, we change, we pivot, we adapt. You know, what we did yesterday maybe doesn't resonate with us today. But currently, as of today, I would love to know what is both of your like fitness routines or exercise routines and what sort of supplements or health things are you doing right now that help you out? Sure, I'll... I'll, I'll go first. And again, how long do we have? Uh, so my, my fitness routine is actually um, in, in explaining it to somebody else a couple of weeks ago, that like, their eyes just kept getting wider and wider and wider. So I, I do, I exercise every single day. Um, I don't take a day off. I do change things, but um, I personally go to a CrossFit gym and do, and do that workout as of right now. I go, I go five days a week and on two of those days I go twice. So I actually do seven workouts a week, um, at the CrossFit gym. Um, and I love it. Like the lifting of weights combined with the cardio, it's just a really great workout and you don't have to think, right. The workouts there, you just show up, they tell you what to do. And then you leave, you know, again, with your soul on the ground. And then I also do, you know, I go to yoga at least three times a week, uh, sometimes four or five, depending on the week. Like I, I have three classes that I go to without fail, and then I'll throw in some whenever I can. And then there's another uh, spot that one of my friends has that it's not, it's like in between um, yoga and CrossFit. It's like, it's called the sweat spot. And I, I'll go there like maybe once a week or once every other week for just kind of like a supplemental workout. So 
I'm a little bit crazy on the, on the, on the physical side. And, and I give Jeremy a lot of crap because I think I just got him going to the gym a few weeks ago, finally. But, um, yeah, so from that's the physical side. And of course, like I walk wherever I can and, um, I'm pretty physically active, um, when I didn't just take a beating at the gym and I can actually still move. Um, but you know, eating wise, I, again, like I mentioned cholesterol, I, I do have a natural tendency to have higher cholesterol. So I really have to watch what I eat, um, saturated fat and cholesterol wise, but I typically eat all of my meals, like within a four or five hour window starting at like four o'clock and, you know, I'll binge on a couple of things during that window, but getting my daily, um, calories in that short of a window is really hard to do because in order to maintain my weight, I have to eat like 32, 3,300 calories, which is a lot. Like my stomach can't even hold that much unless I eat a pint of ice cream, which has happened occasionally. <laughs> so I really, you know, I, I do try and focus on nutrient dense foods whenever I can, but, um, it's, it's 80, 20 for me. Like if I'm eating good 80% of the time, I will allow myself to, you know, go off the rails 20% of the time, but that's not for everyone. Like some people, the second they have that ice cream or that cookie, like they're off the train and it's, they can't get back on for 60 days. But, you know, if you, if you are that kind of a person who can go, you know, five, six days a week, I'm eating good. And one day I'm going to go off the rails that that's generally how I eat. Amazing. And Jeremy, what about for you? Uh, well, this last weekend, I went completely off the rails. So uh, one thing I've learned about myself is that I, I thrive on routine. And, uh, you know, we went away, we went out of town for the weekend and just ate awfully. But typically, uh, I get up at six and get my kids up and, and get them ready for school. So then I'm, I'm making breakfast and lunch for them. And uh, that's the point where I do a supplement that I take, I take athletic greens every morning and drink that. And then uh, get the kids off to school. And then the great thing is their bus stop is literally right next to the gym. So I, I drop them off and then I hit the gym for about a half an hour. Uh, and I do, I use, I just use Beachbody. It's just like a home workout program. Um, so I do that every day for right now. I'm on a half hour program that I might increase that in a little bit, but, but it's fun, funny. You mentioned just starting with a walk because that was where it started for me is about six months ago. I just started walking a ton and then I needed more and I needed more and more. I started feeling like I have more energy to move. And ultimately that's what got me back into the gym after I whined and complained to Zach for months about how much I hate the gym. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've grown to love it. I've grown to love it. So then I I'm done with the jet, with the gym. I, I head back home and that's, I make sure I get a bunch of protein in to, to feed the muscles that I just tore up in the gym. And then I get to work and, and I just dive into work and, and I start the coffee pot. And then, so now it's been a couple of hours. I have my first coffee and typically it's a, a really fatty coffee. So it's not breaking the um, sort of fasting window. And, uh, and then I just kind of hammer away at work for a few hours. And then around noon, I take my dogs out for a walk, come back. And then that's when I'll typically have my first meal of the day, which is about one o'clock in the afternoon, kind of tighten up some more work stuff. And then I've got to go get my kids and be dad for a few hours. And then later in the afternoon, if I can keep them quiet long enough, then I try and finish up the work that I didn't get to that day. Uh, and then have dinner around six and then get the kids, you know, sort of ready for bed and all that a couple hours after that. And then off to bed and, and up again the next day to start all over. I, I love what both of you are doing. And I think it's one of those things that people want. A, like they just want to be told exactly how it is that they should be working out or taking their supplements. And the idea of awareness, you guys have tried a few things. It works. It doesn't work. If it works, how do we implement this more into our life? And it's just starting with, you know, a couple of things or one thing, letting it kind of snowball into something else. And, you, you know, for someone starting out, maybe they're not doing what Zach's doing and going like, that is an insane workout. Like I pride myself on having a workout and I'm sure you could put me to shame with that. That's incredible. <laughs> That's insane. But and, there was a time that, you know, just taking two steps up a flight of stairs and I was gassed and I couldn't go much further. So it, you know, you, it takes time to get there. Exactly. And it's, I mean, I always thought I was like, I'm just going to be that yoga person. Like I love yoga so much. This is all I'll ever need. And you get to a point where you're like, I like Jeremy, you were saying like, you just need 
more. And then it became, you know, I started to implement a little bit of Pilates into it. And then I kind of plateaued and now I'm into weights, which like, I literally never thought I would be somebody who lifted weights. And I was also that person when I, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I was like, I'm going to start doing like 10 pounds, which sounds silly. Like for you guys, I'm sure that's nothing. I was delusional in thinking that I could do a whole class with 10 pound weights. So it's like, oh, yeah. put that down. Let's just start with five. Five is where we're at. And then you just go from there. That's the the workout that I'm doing right now. The reason, the reason that I like following a plan, like the one that I do <laughs> is having a plan, right? If you walk into a gym and this is, I was telling Zach this a few months ago, the first time I went into the gym, I went in without a plan, didn't know what I was doing. And just sort of looked around and was like, I'll do this and I'll do some of that and I'll do some of that. Bored out of my mind, mm-hmm. absolutely hated it. And I just thought, when I look back at my life, if I've spent every morning doing that, that's horror. I don't want to waste my life doing that. And so I was like, I wrote the gym off. But because of this show that we do, we had an interview coming up with somebody who, who did one of the programs. And I was like, well, I better try his program before I interview the guy. And I just was like, I love that I can just zone out for half an hour and just do what I'm told. Just mm-hmm. shut up and do the thing. And that has been so transformative for me. And it results in, in these moments along the way that keep me going. The other day I was uh, in the pool with my kids and we had friends over and we're, you know, we're doing the dad thing, kind of launching them off our shoulders in the pool and, and all this stuff. And the other dad that was there with me, he, he went underwater and, and like pressed his daughter, his, you know, 11 year old daughter over his head and threw her across the pool. And I went, oh man, I wish I was strong enough to, that would be so cool if I could be that dad. That'd be awesome. And then I, I kind of went, well, wait, maybe I can. I've been working out. Let me give it a shot. And I, I didn't even go underwater. I literally just grabbed my daughter and picked her up over my head and threw her farther than my friend did. And I just had this moment of, oh, that's why I'm doing this. So I can actually be the person I want to be and live the way I want to live instead of always going, man, I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. I would love to just end this off with asking you both, what is a book, podcast, or resource that has brought you incredible value and you want to share with our audience? Well, our, our own podcast, The Fit Mass, <laughs> has brought me incredible value. No, just kidding. It actually has, but I I would have to say, um, blanking on, I'm blanking on the name of the book, and it's like one of my favorite books. Um uh, Mindset by Carol Dwick. It is probably one of the best books I've ever read around, you know, transforming your mind from a fixed mindset, growth mindset, where, you know, having a growth mindset, being curious about yourself and just saying, what if I did this thing? What if I started working out? What if I, what if I could throw my daughter in the pool farther than my friend? That was probably one of the best books I've read it. I've read it at least 10 times now, just, you know, reinforcing both in myself, the growth mindset, but also like as a dad, raising my child to have a growth mindset as well. Uh, for me, there's two. Um, one is really anything Ryan Holiday writes, but mm-hmm. pr- particularly uh, the obstacle is the way and and just learning to really lean into the struggle, lean into whatever thing is that makes life hard, because that's where the growth happens is when you get over those those challenges. Uh, in terms of anyone dealing with depression, a, a life-changing book for me was Lost Connections by Johan Hari. The the research that he did into where depression comes from and, and how it is so rooted in uh, isolation and the lack of connection with other people, just super profound. It absolutely changed my perspective uh, on depression. So those, those would be two uh, places I would point somebody. Oh, that's amazing. I love both of those suggestions or three of those suggestions. <laughs> I feel like I could do a whole podcast interview and I'm sure you both can relate to this on the topic of depression. And I'm sure there's a lot of contra- controversy around it, but lack of connection I've been hearing is coming up so much. And this idea of like, as a society, we are so depleted in minerals and enzymes and you know the food that we eat like it's all contributing to us becoming more and more depressed as an as a society and I'm sure the guests you guys have had on I've gone through some of the guests you had on it's insane people need to check out your podcast but I it's just so fascinating to me that there's all this 
connection and between nutrition and the water we consume. And, you know, even for me, this idea of skincare products can be like a real big hormone disruptor and really like everything just like leaches into the body. And I'm at this point of all these guests are coming on and like, I just had a toxicologist come on and he's like, you know, I was like, you know, what are some of the ways that we can start to reduce like the toxins in our home? And he's like, let's just talk about the home. For example, if you live in a new build, that's a super toxic place to live. But on the flip side, if you live in an older house, like we're talking about lead paint and like, I'm like, oh my God, all these things are just like, how do I live in a bubble and survive this thing and (laughs) all that stuff. So is there anything that I haven't asked either of you that you want to leave our listeners with either that a tip or trick that has worked for you or anything motivational that you're just like, Hey, that worked for me. And I would love to just leave the audience with this. We've already hit on the curiosity. So uh, I will just say that whatever challenge you're having in overcoming, whatever the thing is, if it's food, diet, job, life change, whatever it is, just do something like we spend so much time preparing for whatever the thing is. We get the right shoes and then we go get the yoga mat and we put in the candles and the thing on the wall and our vision board. And we do all these things to like prepare but in a way, it's all really just procrastination because it takes just getting down and doing the work. And so, like you said, if it's if it's physical fitness, just go walk, go do something. Anything is better than doing nothing and sitting there and thinking about, man, I wish I could or, or regretting that you let another day go by that you, that you didn't do the thing. Uh, so just just do something and let it let failure be your guide. Right. Like if, if you start walking and you hate it, try something else or, or give it, you know, give it a few tries walk somewhere else, walk in nature, whatever. But I I just know that sitting there and and wishing things were different and hoping that you can come up with the motivation to one day do the thing is it's never going to happen. Motivation doesn't show up and knock on your door. It is built with your hands with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. So whatever it is, just start doing something. Yeah. And I'll I'll add whatever it is you're going to start doing, you don't have to do it alone. And, and I recommend you know, go find somebody who can help you along the way, a coach, teacher, um, whatever it is, and surround yourself with people who are smarter than you and, and know how to get you through the journey that you want to go on. Um, one of the, one of the things that I always struggled with was I, I, I want to figure this out on my own. I want to do it on my own. And that generally led to whatever it is taking 10 times longer than it really had to or getting hurt or failing or going down the wrong road. So I can't stress that enough. Like I have, you know, a great coach at my CrossFit gym. I have a great yoga teacher that I go see. I have, you know, a finance guy that I talk to just whatever it is, surround yourself with really smart people who can help you along the way. Where can everybody go and find you if they want to connect with you online? Maybe they want to listen to your podcast. Where can the audience go and connect with you? The best place is just our website, thefitmess.com. That's where you're going to find all the links to our social media accounts and to all the episodes we've done and uh, ways to get in touch with us and and more about our backgrounds and and all that. So thefitmess.com. Beautiful. I will make sure that everything is linked in the show notes. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you, Zach, for coming on the show and sharing your story. Thank you so much for the opportunity. If you love this podcast episode, spread the love by sharing this with your friends and family, share it out on social media, and don't forget to give it a five-star rating and review. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful that you are here. Until next time.